Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. I'm Lee. And we're going over the Catholic Renaissance. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> never heard of that. <laughs> made it up. Just made oh. it up. <laughs> no, we're going to be going back through our Theophany series on Exodus 3. Um, I think we left off somewhere in exodus 3 and verse 9 i think that was what we did not make it to verse 9 there's sure no we way. did i think you're oppressing me okay maybe verse 7 See, probably 7 yeah we just made scant reference to what was contained yeah. in verse 7 yeah so verse 7 is where god says that he's seen the affliction of his people in egypt and has listened to their cry because of what their taskmasters were horribly doing to them so then he's come to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and bring them to a land that's good and spacious and flowing with milk and honey, which sounds very sticky. Mm. But delicious. I would say that's pretty delicious. Maybe not together. You know, I, uh, when I was a kid, one time on a family vacation, we went to TBN's Holy Land Experience in Orlando. <laughs> And one of the wow, no wonder you are the way you are. Now we understand everything. Now it's and, all clear. And wow. one of the one Bob of the White. snacks. Hey, Wait. you're right behind him there, Keflo O'Dollar. One of the snacks you can get there is was called milk and honey, which was Man. basically vanilla ice cream with honey. How much on did it. that cost? It was like five bucks a bowl. Yeah, you just supported Joel Olstein's whole organization. <laughs> I will say it was pretty cool. And they had a whole thing called the scriptorium about the history of the Bible, which was very fascinating. Let me guess. And it says, we will pray for you. They had some original. $125.99. Well, there was somebody in the corner trying to sell you a prayer shawl. Oh, yes. That was blessed by, uh, oh, (laughs) blessed by uh, Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Oh, it had his, where's my jet? It, it's it was a a prayer shawl that was blessed by Kenneth Copeland, where he actually dragged a hundred dollar bill across it. The billion flow. The confess a billion flow. Yeah, I think we're getting way off topic here. So, anyways, we're back Let's to go. Exodus. Woo! Theophanies. So okay. we're in a uh, verse seven. Um, the Lord said, "I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt, and I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters." for I am aware of their sufferings. 
So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite, the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. So right here. You did so good. Dude, I kill it in Exodus. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so right here we have God re redeveloping the promise that he made to Abraham back in Gen- Genesis 13, right. Genesis 15, whichever one you want to go with. So you, we have the promise being reiterated. Then we also have God who says, I am coming down. I am coming down to deliver them. So he, him and his power are going to deliver his people. And I don't, think, I don't think we quite understand this in Exodus, that he actually was here for a purpose. He came down for a specific purpose. And, and, and he alludes to it in chapters 9 and 12. Um, so his purpose was, if I can read this to you. So in chapter 9, verse 14 through 16, uh, For this time I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For it by now I put my hand forth. If I put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to... to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through the all, through all the earth. Still you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. And then in chapter 12, you go to verse 12. Um, he also, this, this sets the entire whole story for the plagues. Uh, it is interesting in God's promise here. He, he promises to bring the people up to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's funny because on the way there, they're going to look back and recollect that Egypt was the land flowing with milk and honey, where they had all these goods and delicious food and things were wonderful. And how could you bring us out to the wilderness to die? Why did you have to bring us out of Egypt? And they lost completely the sight of the promise that they were going to a better land, their homeland from 400 years in exile right to a land that was much much better than the land they were leaving not only because they were slaves there but also the resources and the blessedness of the land it was promised to Abraham and they were they were going to return again and they they just totally lost sight in the midst of their current troubles in the wilderness and it mistook the land they were coming from to so to speak as the land flowing with milk and honey the land right. with with plenty it's so sad how short-sighted we are so, as, you know, as humans. Exodus twelve twelve, um, And it says, For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. He is, he is after the secular society. He is to show his mighty power, his judgment, his grace, his mercy uh, for his people and the Egyptians. He is going to judge the Egyptians in order to show grace through 
the Israelites. It is, it is basically so the world can see that there is no other God. There is no other God besides Yahweh. There is no other God. And it would be unjust for him to have gone on and not proven to them that he is the only God because the best thing for mankind is, is to, to be in the knowledge that God is the only God and to, um, and to, to bow down before him and uh, be reconciled to him. Uh, sinners that we are so it would be it would be wrong for him to not topple those false gods and those false ideas and show his supremacy over all of those myths right and he does it all the way through each plague each plague is specifically set forth for a specific egyptian god that they worshiped or god goddesses um it was set forth that the final plague would be against the greatest God of Egypt. And that was Pharaoh himself. And then his heir, which would be the Pharaoh's son, his firstborn. Who would be a God. Who would be, yeah, who would be a God. And they were considered the highest of all gods. Um, so this was too you know, strong. That, that same thing is why Christians were referred to as atheists in Rome, because to them, they denied God because God was Caesar. And that's why Christians wore the label of atheist. It's not that they didn't believe in God is that from the Roman standpoint, Christians denied the only God Caesar. This kind of made me interesting. That's, that's interesting. Hmm. So God, God has always been in the business of striking down false gods. That's why the statue of Dagon fell down with, with the hands, the hands falling off and falling down face down in front of the stolen Ark of the Covenant. Well, what about when he uh, did it with Baal and Elijah? Oh, right, right, right. And first, I think it's it's First Kings eighteen. I got to stand on that mountain. Yeah, oh, or, or that, stand near it. I missed that, that day of the tour. But that is like one of my favorite it's chapters in Kings. I'm like, this is it. Yeah, that's but. that's a great story. So yeah, so. So back to this. So now, now we have him promising the land of milk and honey, the, the land of Canaan, um, which is being occupied by the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So this is... going to clear them out. They're going to clear them out eventually. So God's saying, don't worry, I got this. And you know, the Jebusites, those were the people that historically... Uh, were residents of Jerusalem before it became Jerusalem. That is uh, Melchizedek's uh, hometown. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Pretty cool. So they're going to go back and take it back. Okay. So let's jump into... um, 10 through 14? Yeah, 9 through 14. So excited. Um, So God... God has heard the cries of his people, Israel, right. in verse 9, and he's going to do something about it. So he makes a plan, or he, he reveals his plan to Moses. I'm sending you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this through you, so get used to it. And then Moses right. is like, whoa, 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 hold up. Oh, I can't go back there. They're Who am me. I that I should go to Pharaoh? <laughs> uh, you're his stepson, bro. You're the yeah. perfect person to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
or step or step brother, step grandson. It would I mean, be step brother at this point, probably. Yeah, the pharaoh, previous pharaoh died. Yeah, and then yeah, because Moses is this over was the 40 rise years of the old. new pharaoh. So it would be the pharaoh that was in line for pharaoh um, Who he when Moses was living in the pharaoh's house. Yes, shoot, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to send him, and uh, um, and I, I like in verse 12 where it says, Certainly I'll be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. He's not going to say, here's going to be the sign that I've sent you. You're going to bring all these plagues. You're going you're gonna to turn the Nile into blood. Or at your word, frogs are going to come up and, and uh, bother everyone to death. No, the sign is going to be, not only that you will walk out of Egypt with the entirety of God's people, but the, the official sign is going to be, you shall worship me at this mountain. So I'm going to send you back and you're going to come directly back here and you're going to worship. Boom. Which is the, the refrain that Moses is always using, let the people go so they can go worship their God. And he says that constantly when he's back in Pharaoh's presence and Pharaoh doesn't like it. And, and you know, that's when we get the plagues and, and all that. And then in 13, he jumps into, then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel and I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? Well, here's where God's about to give him an answer. And it's the first time I believe in scripture that God reveals his true name. Dude. I am who I am. Boom. So that's where we get what we call the tetragrammaton because the, 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 hang on. I, the, I hang am. On. You got to tell us what a tetragrammaton is. Tetragrammaton I, is, is what we, is the Y H W H. That is the, okay. the signifier. All right. Just wanted to read and listeners yeah. to know what that I thought you said the Necronomicon. <laughs> the Necronomicon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're practicing alchemy Ooh, in the back. that got dark. <laughs> I'm like, you like Lovecraft. All right. Yeah, the, the, the Tetragrammaton is where we get either the name Yahweh or Jehovah because mm-hmm. it's, it's right. the Hebrew. Jehovah Jireh. It's, it's the Hebrew. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Hebrew word for God that's used throughout the Old Testament. That when we see the word Lord in all caps in the Old Testament, especially, that's a, a signifier of the Hebrew word, Yahweh. the YHWH, which I prefer Yahweh, but I know Jehovah has, is the more historical, the one that's been used most through, through history. But I think there's a good reason for Yahweh to be the proper pronunciation of the Tetragrammaton. Uh, still, because um, it's Hebrew? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Charles, uh, I think Charles I think, Russell seemed to take Jehovah out of context. <laughs> I think Chad Bird did a video or wrote a blog, I forget which one, about why Yahweh is the better translation of the Tetragrammaton. Because Jehovah's Witnesses, that's exactly why. There we go. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and boil it down. Jehovah's Witnesses I, have I totally it ha- ruined it. It had to do with the pronunciation of the yeah part. And because because in um, There's no Hebrew, J in Hebrew. Yeah. Well, where when it says "I am who I am," it's a a yeah a sheh a yeah. I think is, is I'm really butchering that. Yeah, but you that are. that yeah part 
which is part of the am, the word am, that comes through in Yahweh clearer than Jehovah. Yeah, because isn't I believe Jehovah isn't that like a mix of is it Greek and Hebrew or is it Latin and Hebrew? Isn't it's like it? a it's like a Latin uh is it Latinated? I don't know what the verb form is to make something Latin, but I have no idea. It's where it's it's more friendly to Latin. Yeah, you're it's, right. that, it's like that a, J sound like isn't mixture. in there. It's so a it, mixture of the two. Yeah, languages. So if you it's were really to use, not even a word. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's sticky, and that's that's part of the issue with translations is because the, you're not gonna you're not always gonna get a one to one comparison, especially when you're going from an ancient language like Hebrew to our contemporary English. So you're just gonna have to do the best that you can. But you know, unlike some people who who make it a matter of life and death, what name you use, um, it's okay to call Jesus Jesus Daddy. and not Yeshua. I'd rather not say Daddy, but okay. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you know, there's there's people that emphatically use Yeshua instead of Jesus. I don't think there's I don't think there's a problem with either of those no. because because God is God and um well and I'll, I'll even use God even though I think I'd rather use God's covenant name when speaking Yeshua. with him because you can call anything God. So exactly but, the heart, but still it's useful. The human heart is an idol factory. Absolutely. Well I mean there's so many false Jesuses out there it's ridiculous. You know, people have talked about, you know, at, at one point they were talking about being a, a Jesus-centered faith or whatever. But there's lots of faiths that, that are somewhat Jesus-centered. I mean, there's, they revere Jesus in Islam, but they don't revere him as who he is. So he's a false Jesus. Right. The Jesus of Mormonism is another false Jesus. So just because you call it Jesus, and, and it doesn't, oh yeah, and of the false, yeah, exactly. So just because you call your your guy Jesus if if his if that Jesus's attributes don't match the attributes of God and of Christ of the Trinity, then it's not the true God. Boom. I it like all that. comes back to Yahweh. And I like also another thing about I am who I am is a, is the grounding of the doctrine of uh, the aseity of God, one of his attributes. He is self-existent. No, no beginning, no end. He's always been there, and he is because he is. And you can He's also not Cthulhu. Link. Cthulhu had a beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Back with the Lovecraft. You can also link the this Yahweh, this I am who I am. You can link this if you go to the Gospel of John. Uh, Christ makes some. Uh, professions about himself here he's seven of them yeah i am i am the light of the world i am the bread of life i am the gate i am the good shepherd i this doesn't count as an i am saying i don't think but when he says uh, before abraham was i am and everybody got really mad at him yeah well i don't know if that counts or not but i mean i i can't remember if it counts or not but all those times that he is exclaiming that I am the good shepherd within, within that is he's alluding to the fact that he is 
you know, the word made flesh. He is the Yahweh fullness of God in flesh. human form. Yes. Yes. He's not subservient or of a different substance. He, he is, is the image of the invisible God. Yeah, yeah. The firstborn over all creation as in Colossians. So so uh, he, back back when uh um Dustin Kensrew uh was not uh heterodox, uh one of the songs for Thrice was Image of the Invisible, and he uses that verse in there in some of the lyrics, which is pretty cool. So that's that's what I wanted to I wanted to link the Gospel of John, which is the best gospel to yeah to this no, hard it's yes it's my favorite gospel they're all Matthew great. I love it Matthew yeah, Matthew's I, a good one too Matthew's good probably if you're not, the, the, if you're the not a Spurgeon fan man. then you know I have a soft okay. spot for Luke because we we studied it in Bible quizzing over two years it was awesome Mark is the one that I always kind of like glance over and I made myself read it what do you mean you <laughs> neglect it it's I, not very I, long. Why neglect it? I'm a sinful human. Wow, what a wretch. <laughs> but did you just hear what I said? I made myself read it like three times. Yeah, you can't will yourself to do anything. <laughs> no, it was predestined by the Lord. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, do, I, do I dare make another uh, Christ connection here? Yes. You mind? Okay. End of verse 14. Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Uh, there's a huge, I think, hear me out. There's a huge link here with the work of Christ because just as Moses was sent by I am to rescue his people, Christ was sent to rescue his people, but he didn't, Christ wasn't just a human messenger. Christ was I am. So in a way, as a fulfillment, I am sent I am to lead I am's people out of bondage to sin. Yeah. Exactly. It's a little, it, it's kind of mind bending a little bit if you think about it, but it's kind of, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that. Yeah. That's the, that's the mystery of the, uh, of the Trinity. That's why it's so hard to explain. Yeah. My kids ask me about the Trinity. Uh, do uh, not uh, use an egg. No, I don't do this. <laughs> I do not do It's this. weird. He used Stupid. water. Public service announcement: water. The holy, the the, the, the holy Trinity is not like an egg. It is not, not like water. Like it is not like anything flowers. but the Trinity. <laughs> but I, it's. I was sitting there and I was trying to explain it to him the best I could, and it's extremely difficult to explain the Trinity to a seven and a five year old. Just tell them this: it's three persons and one being. Although, that's if if you can, that's explain what I it. that's what I got out, and I, I mean. <laughs> If, but That's all you need if to you tell. can explain it to a seven-year-old, you can explain it to anybody. So you can work on that, and you can save the world. Okay. All right. Any any thoughts on on this before we wrap up? No, I think I think we did a pretty good job. Cool. Cool. So Lee, where can they find us? You can find us at the website guyswbibles at gmail dot com. There you can read our blogs and also listen to audio of the podcast. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to the podcatcher of your choice and search for Guys with Bibles. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Pocket Casts, all the casts. Then you should come and search for us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Guys with Bibles group. 
Just ask to join and we'll get you in there. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the handle at guyswithbibles. Also, consider emailing us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com or sending us a DM on the social media platform of your choice. We're Guys With Bibles, and we're out. We're out.